Just like a few weeks ago, going to the Barra Peninsula and asking for Vincey Harrington is likely to get you the answer, well, which of the 200 do you mean? The Vincey Harrington that we were in search of back then is identified by the townland he lives in, in that case, Gower. So looking for Vincey Gower would bring you instant success. This week on the programme, we go a little further west along the peninsula to Blackball Head in search of Jerry Harrington. So now you should be getting the hang of it. Jerry is quite easy to find when you look for Jerry Blackball. Marry to Anne, a Kilkenny woman. They live a peaceful and very happy life here on Blackball Head, looking out at the unpredictable but beautiful Atlantic Ocean. Jerry recently celebrated his 90th birthday, and having spent most of his life at sea and fishing, he has more than a few tales to tell. So let's go meet him, and welcome to Where the Road Takes Me. Blackball Head lies approximately seven and a half kilometres west of Castletown Bear on the Bearer Peninsula and off the main road between Castletown Bear and the village of Allahees. At the tip of the head lies Blackball Head Signal Tower. At the beginning of the 19th century, Ireland under British rule feared a French invasion. A total of 81 towers were built between 1804 and 1805. It was hoped that any foreign invasion by sea would be spotted by those who manned the towers. Every morning from here, Jerry Blackball and his wife Anne wake up to views of the Atlantic, the Mizzen Head, Jersey Head and Bantry Bay. This surely can put fizz in your jizz and pep in your step. But Jerry wasn't born here. He was born in New York in 1933. His bearer-born parents had moved to America in search of work. In 1937, they moved permanently back to Beira during Black 37. It was a savage year, he says. Snow, eight foot high. To get out of the house, his father had to climb through the upstairs window. Cattle died in the sheds. My father went to the, went to the States, and he got married in the States, and they were the only one that was born in the States. And he came home, and that was the point of the States for him as well. So we all stayed here in Blackpool, quite peaceful. You celebrated your 90th birthday recently. That's correct. How do you feel about that? Well, it's on the mind. When I was young, 70 would be age. And I didn't see it. You see, there was more pressure than him. They got the pension at, at, at 65, and uh, it was hard to go Today, the more easier life. But no, the, the doctors at him, they said they hadn't the money to go to the doctors at that time. And they did from a lot of things that's been cured today. Cancer was at that time the same as now. Well, you had cancer that time? No, but there was cancer at that time. That's what I mean, yeah. Was it TB that time? Or? They thought it was TB. They thought it was cancer, you reckon? Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. When you came back to Ireland, times were tough then? Oh, things were tough, yeah. The, well, you know, the, the work wasn't there, and the money was scarce. But everything was cheap. And they were self-supporting with the million and they had their own milk and their butter and they lived a very simple life. They hadn't the luxury they have now. Cars, they didn't, they, the cars were out of the question, like, mm-hmm. with the horsing car and they, they lived nicely. And I suppose it was a happy life. Today they're going to modern, I think. I was his press button and the mind didn't get any chance to relax. They car in the houses at him and they had, you know, they had a, a very peaceful kind of life. The warriors, I remember the warriors came on in and with the black curtains were afraid of the Germans. And when they see a plane passing, 
they do not say the fancy case they get the case that see that they be shot the but just afraid and I'm like they were going to want them like but they had that fear when the planes are passing. And I suppose a bicycle was a luxury at that time. Oh bicycle with the big thing. Oh the boys with the man they they already bicycle at him with the great job. And this is when the old court were called the old at forty and they tried to to get onto the bicycle. You know, the bad bicycle, you see. And some got the women's bicycle that were like years from the one they were the bicycle. But it was it was a very a big step put me said all the walking. And there's when the cat from Dorsey at that hey, I can remember coming from the Dorsey in the boat the night before and walked the cash the, the cattle to cash town. And if they didn't sell then they'd walk them back home. And maybe they might have no grub because they'd no money in their pocket for the whole day. It was a kind of top going. Today was his first button. The local academy for Jerry was Cahermore National School, not very far from where he lived. But Jerry spent as little time as possible there. When the inspector, or on Kigara, paid a visit, Jerry was more than likely missing, which pleased the master no end. Beachcombing for Jerry was far more enjoyable than school any day, and so he packed it all in when he was 13. Living in close proximity to the Atlantic Ocean meant that any storms here were bad. But the area was hit with two tidal waves, one in the early 1930s and a bad one in 1943. That was a bad one. It came right over, I was in the, the top house that him, and they came over the fences and they came right over that road and to the top up the hill. That was the worst I've seen here, 43. And uh, there was no wind, which was again with a tidal wave, and the people were afraid when they seen what the water came, like to the house in the far end, he left it, he was helping his wife and his two children, and they were out the field walking, and... Uh, they stopped to see what was happening, and they came right up to the door of the house. So I haven't seen anything like that since. We have storms, all right, right enough, but they're blaming the global warming and all that. But to my honest opinion is, there's no such thing as global warming. There were there were changes, patterns of heat, storms, and we got, I remember to see my father go up the top, we the house to get to feed the cattle. It fell on the top of the, the, top of the snow, so which was between seven and eight feet and nine feet. That was out here now in the Atlantic. And what was it like in the Midlands? Was there a warning that the tidal wave was coming or did it just come out? No, of, no, it just no, came none. out of the blue. It came out of the no one expected unless even the boats in the morning the road here, they couldn't get it. They got the land there like the boats came right across over here and they got an awful fright like when they seen what happened. Must have been very frightening to see that coming coming towards you. It, it was gone. The morning actually when we got up. Oh was it? it yeah, yeah, yeah. Night. And see my father got the morning with all the money said look at the parts of the storm have done. It hit all the south coast most. But uh, they kept us up on the storm came to the other side as well, but we were looking up for a lot of storms, but that one hit us rightly here. Oh, I've seen a few storms since, but nothing like that. Like, I seem to come over this not too long at all into the road here. When you get a storm, it, is it pretty bad here? It is, it is. The same thing happened to the young. The same storms are coming in the same pattern of the weather. Bad years and good years and, you know, like good summers and... Chef, the, the, we got somewhere there, there years ago, there, 46, we got to get somewhere like. You remember, of course, years ago that summer was summer, winter was winter. Now you can get summer in winter and you can get winter in summer. Yes. And But you don't believe that's down to global warming? No, no, no. I don't. I made the pattern because I have my grandmother saying one thing, the year I couldn't tell you what year it was, which is that the cattle died, the cows died in the month of May. Now, what year that was, John, I couldn't tell you. But that happened. So the pattern, the one that I wish to hurt enemies, so the yard that did happen, we're back to the same thing again. Uh, the time of the summer they came, the warm water they came, and different winters and patterns is what they got. They couldn't get the turf in the, in the bogs, they had the turf at home, that him and the little bogs around here, and they couldn't save the turf. And they could create some of the again. So I can't be to the whole thing is 
over the years, go back 150 years, the same thing, like the same thing is happening. At that time, when you and the family came back to Ireland, turf was the main form of feeding. It was. So it people was. depended on it quite a lot. It was. And a lot of Rick took me in that in which a lot of what call Rick coming in pit props. And they'd put him into the fire, to the fire, the open fire. And as they're burning away, keep pushing him into the fire. They didn't even bother sign him. The open fire. And the big open fire there, then the most of the heat will get up the chimney. And they were quite happy, the old crew said they'd have the, they tested the, the fire to pull up the, the blanket up the chimney at the pool. That was a good draft for then. And so the most of the heat will always get up. was built to the hose. quite sure how to introduce the next piece because there are so many different aspects of Jerry's life involved fishing, working for the council and working on cargo ships but let's start with home entertainment in days of no radio, no television and certainly no internet computers or mobile phones people made their own entertainment music and singing formed a great part of it but here in Blackball Head, Jerry says frightening the living daylights out of people with ghost stories and stories about the fairies were the order of the day. Fairies was a big lot of things that them ten yard with the fairy. And we were afraid to go to bed. And we'd be lot more time under the bed for the fairies to tell And that's how they, like, the summer come into the shop like, like, and they tell, oh God, he said he would go home last night. And I met this fellow going on the road against me. And he said... As far as they could see, he did a long time, he said. And he came back again, he said, I put him, I must put him out on him next week. So the crowd believed him like that. There were no words, no whole sea of television, that was the yard they had. I suppose it was always in your blood to go fishing. It was. I started first uh, in a boat called the Shamrock, the original from Cookhaven. Johnny, Johnny was the, was the Mick with the father, and Johnny, the son with him, and Jerry Dunham, which they're all gone over. And they were a nice boat, 32 foot boat, with a 26, 30 Kelvin. Mostly used the sail at that time. In fact, went down to Cookhaven from here. I waited for 10 weeks and for 10 weeks I had £6 and that time I was only 13. That was a lot of money. That was a lot of money, yeah. A lot of money that yeah. you wouldn't tell that because they don't believe it like. But you got value for the for the rebound, you got value. And the next job I got in at 15 with the council and uh, I went on the band boy as a band boy with, with Lofty Murphy. He was from Bear Island. And they gave three months with him. And the job was handy enough, like, because I did wages more than the labouring man because it was seven day a week for the light lamps and old lamps, and it was handy. But I'd have to go to Schibreen for a test, for to go to a course. So I didn't bother. I went back fishing on my, my line. You spent some time in my grandfather's home place in Crookhaven. I was indeed. I was in Crookhaven many a time. I was actually doing the last year. And the fishing that time, was it tough? It was, it, it was a good time because there were no horses, it was all handwork and we were using inchy, they're called inchy grass rope, which seems like a rough rope and we were hauling the pots to skin your hands, but your hands get so tough and finish up that you wouldn't take any notice of it. Right. And there were no gloves at that time. Gloves on here, tell of. Lobster fishing you did, was it? Oh, I was trolling, well. Oh, yeah. Oh, I gave years at the, at the, at the white fish. And I went, I went to the, the cargo ships for a while, well. I went to the West Indies and I walked called the Crystal Diamond. And uh, I was, uh, was only two Irishmen there, the second mate. My son, well, I mixed nationality. We went over the cane sugar. And the heat was out there was 110, 120. And I was glad to get out of it. One trip I done there. And the next trip I done to North Africa. And Poland. Cold in Poland for the month of March was unbelievable. A blow zero. 
So he said, which was the worst the cold of the heat? I couldn't answer that. But a great way of seeing the world. It was. Mm. It was. And, I just, and I came to the conclusion anyway that in the finish, we're the best part of the world. Happy, we're lucky. No big pressure, which a lot to be set for. But you'd have to see for yourself. You know, the money wasn't, uh, the, the money was right in that job, but for the old you put in, it wasn't great either. You were away from home for obviously a long time. Well, well but that was no notice of that day. They were people away from home, but they never came back, which is very, very yeah. sad. So my aunt went to the States, my father's sisters, and they never seen their parents on the day they left at the age of 16 years of age. And there are thousands beside them. So it was a rough life, a rough life. Wasn't the married with Frank Downey and the one that's with our skipper, Mick Capo, and Giorgio. And at that time, like it was, it was handy, you see the time, it was all handwork. And Saini was, you had two boats, then it was Saini there as well. And when they struck, you'd have to jump because they'd part within six feet and you wouldn't no, no, take no chance then. And I seen a few narrow escapes there. And for the you know, John Joe Harrington, he's still going strong in Bear Island. He fell out one night, and they had a messenger rope, which was a half of the weight, and he had it on his shoulder. And he went, he went out, he went to the bottom with it, or blowing them over. And uh, Gerald, after we were all got excited, there was a light bulb in front of the wheelhouse, and instead of showing it up and putting it out, I was trying to pull it out. And Gerald, up and threw a rope to him, and he caught the rope. Second time up, John Joe, there, hailing and hot today. And how far out used you go that time, and how long were you at sea? A week for the most we used to win them boats at him. And the first year with, with Biggs's, we used to come in every night. Dinty fish, and we give a couple of old goatee and say the people were in the morning, four o'clock. But we were in every night. And with the weekend off, which was the great break. That time, you see, they believed in religion. They had a Sunday mass. It's like where they would they wouldn't miss mass. We were in the morning back in the late 60s, and all the boats were out except the cash down boats. And there were two priests walking down the pier. And Billy Dishki was there, and the priest said to me, he said, why are you, why are you not out today, he said. You see? Well, he said, no, part of the world, he said, we don't usually work, he said, on a Sunday. And the priest said, had you a mass? He said, yes, he said, we had mass. And he said, once you have mass, he said, you're quite entitled to go to, he said, to make a pound for the water is fine. So that opened the door, so they all went out. And the accommodation on the boats that time were completely different to what they are nowadays? Oh, she had a luxury in all There were no heating in the cabin at that time. But, you know, they were, they were, they were used to that, like. And there was plenty of blankets, so they were dropped down in the bunks as well, like, with the, 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 the wooden decks, like. Or she had a day at like, a hotel, like. I'm on Blackball Head on the Bear Peninsula this evening in the home of Jerry Harrington, better known as Jerry Blackball. Coming up in parts two and three, surviving a stroke, self-relief for a bad asthmatic attack, and being a genuine sea dog, more stories of fishing and the sea. Join me in part two after the break.